0: Hey, everyone. Hi hey squeeze hey rk feels good to be doing this two weeks in a row again two
1: weeks in a row yeah look at us we're like a weekly podcast
0: uh once again all right we had a little break and if you listen to last week's show you understand why it's completely warranted squeezer yeah right
1: yeah i think so
0: so you know why not
1: Yeah, i don't want to make excuses but you know
0: we, uh, well, when you, when you, when you deal with big boy stuff, you know, sometimes you got to put, uh, it was either work and pay your bills or, or podcast. And sometimes we'd rather podcast, but
1: I would always rather podcast,
0: right? But you know, working and paying the bills sometimes comes first when you have a squeeze that and a Mrs. squeezer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and of course you know uh,
1: and i'm saving up for one of those pog making machines i got an idea i want to try something down the road so
0: that's a that's a big time purchase yeah that's like uh your down payment on your car your mortgage on your house your pog making machine
1: Uh uh-huh oh you're mocking me
0: no no (laughs) no no i why would i be mocking you i'm being dead serious it's probably a giant chunk of metal, which was going to face tariffs in this modern era, so. No, they were plastic. What, the pog makers? Yeah. It's not like a big hunk of metal?
1: No, no, they had one that, like, you. there's a kid that brought one to school. It's a toy. Huh, I was
0: expecting yeah. this big industrial machine.
1: Uh, I'm sure they have those too. Oh, like a legit one? Yeah. No, I just want one of the it's basically a little fucking cookie cutter thing that with s- you put stickers in and then smash it down.
0: Uh so you ha- you can't even like cut pogs out. You have to have like pre-cut pogs.
1: No, I I don't remember how it works. I gotta look into it. I'm getting too deep into this. China pog machine. I uh, these are like I'm on, I immediately ended up on one of those weird Chinese gambling uh, like, that Alibaba.com yeah, site. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I gotta get out of here before I go to jail. I would. Hogmaker. There you go. See all buying options.
0: I just killed my mic while I three times in a row. I apologize. Oh, look at that. I know some of you think I have tuberculosis because I'm sick all the time. <laughs> it's just, it happens to be when we record episodes. That's it. So if I if you hear me cut out it's because I'm sneezing, blowing my nose or coughing. Uh continue. What'd you find a pog making machine?
1: Uh yeah. Ooh, a rare vintage nineteen ninety I'm sorry, it's not a vintage forty bucks. Technically yeah, I think the, vintage the one.
0: means any year that's not the current year, so
1: uh, fair enough. By definition.
0: I was freezing like twenty minutes ago and I have this hoodie on and now I'm sweating. Am I going through menopause, Squeezer? Um, Could you entertain the people while I take this hoodie off? Sure. And then I'll need you to entertain. Think about what you're going to entertain them with in like 20 minutes when I need to put the hoodie back on.
1: Okay. All right. So I'm looking at this rare vintage Pog Milk Cap Maker 1995 by Cap Toys. Uh, I remember a buddy of mine had this in school and he ran like his own little business making Pogs. Uh, and it's like a five easy step process. It's I guarantee it's not easy. And you can make your own custom <clears> milk caps. And what you can do is you can take any kind of picture and... um. So I, I rest my headphones on the
0: microphone. So uh-huh. I'm sorry if the people heard your voice in, in some sort of weird reverb. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that'll be a fun... Yeah. Fun thing to listen back on. Uh, so um, what, what, and
1: then you can make pogs out of any image um, that you want, and it kind of creates like a little sticker. Thing is, it's not like printed on, like like your like your good ones that you get. Uh, these are there's always going to be a little bit of a lip there. You can tell it's just like a sticker on a piece aw, of cardboard. Well, oh, and it comes with sixty blank milk caps for forty bucks. It's better come with some blank ass milk caps. When
0: you dream, you dream big, Squeezer. What do mm-hmm. we, before we get into what we're talking about, I believe you're bringing back a, a little segment. We're bringing it back. Did we ever get a bumper made for this?
1: No, but why do it now when we can just talk about, hey, let's get a bumper for this? Right.
0: Now that our, our FM radio friend, who's like a thousand years old, uh, is back in the studio regularly, maybe I could have him record it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just take the recorder and shove it in his face. And maybe you just trick him into doing it. Yeah, so he, he can't help think himself. That he's like, you know, doing if, something for he, us.
0: He, if I'm like, do a VO. All right. He can't help himself. No, he'll that's true.
1: Yeah. He would love to. Yeah. Then he's going to want to be on the show.
0: Yeah. And he'll keep reminding me if you need any more VOs for the Rad Years podcast, he's got that real like Michael oh, Buffer FM radio. All right, we'll do it. We'll surprise you. Anyway, uh, you're what, what do we got here? News. We're bringing right?
1: back history.
0: I'm sorry, history, not news.
1: Yeah, you you always call it news, but we'll call it news. It's well, it's it was news well, in the radio. It, rad it years. was news on September 20th, 1984, when people heard this glorious, heartwarming theme song.
0: Squeezer, what is this?
1: Uh, it's Who's the Boss,
0: a show I never watched. What? Yeah, I knew it existed.
1: Alright, we gotta bag this show. We're done. Alright,
0: you're done?
1: I mean, really? No, I never watched I get, Who's the Boss. I could get, get you not watching Beauty and the Beast last week. Well, like, yeah. You, know, you should, because Ron Perlman's just dreamy.
0: We watched Scarecrow uh, and Mrs. King in our house.
1: Ah, uh, yes, yes, that's true.
0: But, uh, never, never Who's the Boss? I knew it was on, and I just, I just, like, changed the channel. Wasn't interested. Really? You yeah. didn't
1: have fuzzy feelings for, uh, Alyssa Milano?
0: Nah, I was more into uh, what we talked about last week, Full House. Josie Sweden was my childhood crush. And Kelly Kapowski, forever.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, okay. Well, you should check out Who's the Boss. It's a very heartwarming show. um, about uh, uh, Let's set the premise. Um, A widower with a young daughter um, gets a job cleaning. Okay. If you do not want to be a, a parent and have a sitcom based off of you in the 1980s cuz there's a good chance it's a 50/50 chance you're going to be dead. Oh boy. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, was, full House
0: was, widower, right? What's that? Full House widower, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, widower. Yeah. It was uh, Jesse's sister. That's why, you know, Uncle That's Jesse how, moved in.
0: Right. They were Greek. That's how you get around hot casting someone else. Just they're dead.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, and then uh, well, it, of course you know you have the ever so wonderful and loving Tony Danza, um, but shit, this show ran for eight seasons, 196 episodes. That's a decent. On album. uh, you uh, think I Tony think it was ABC? Yeah, ABC. You think Tony Danza um, made some decent case
0: off that syndication or no?
1: Uh you know I, I'm sure he did. I'm I you know because he wasn't at this point. He's been in the business long enough. He did yeah. taxi and all that. But
0: what else did Tony Danza do after Who's the Boss? Besides get made fun of for Who's the Boss?
1: Um. Well, he had a show. Did he? Yeah, he, he had a daytime talk show.
0: Oh, right, 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 right. That was a minute, right? Uh huh. I don't want to chop the man down. I'm just. No.
1: Mm.
0: I'm being serious. Like, what? Would be, I remember he was a gag on. All right, get your bingo card out. A gag on uh, King of the Hill, Connie had a Tony Danza phone card uh, that she called Bobby
1: on. Or, no, no, to- I'm sorry, I'm misremembering oh, The it. Tony Danza show only lasted for 14 episodes. Yeah, I didn't think it was really long. He did, a, he did a long stretch, like, cameo stuff. Like, he was on, like, Family Law. Oh, he was
0: a boxer, too?
1: Oh, no, okay, the Tony, so that was the first run of the Tony Danza show. Yeah, he was a boxer. Oh. Um, and then uh, Tony Danza's show ran again in uh, mid 2000s so yeah he had two two runs at it but he was always just there everyone just wants to be his friend
0: yeah the, the 2000s one is I, what, what I remember he had 330 episodes of that one yeah. yeah that was what he kind of like got his like re uh, oh so in that with the King of Hill episode I'm talking about he voiced it himself Okay. So the joke on him, he played it himself. So good for him.
1: Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it was any you know once you're in Taxi, you kind of get carte blanche. You can kind of just sit back and.
0: Well, no one from Taxi, nobody, is a bigger star. You know what I'm gonna say.
1: Daniel Devito. Oh, well, Christopher Lloyd was on it too.
0: Uh, Christopher Lloyd's okay. And even Carol Kane has like a good role now in, uh, incredible Kimmy Schmidt, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I mean, uh, of course we all love Andy Kaufman for what he did, mm-hmm. but Danny DeVito, I mean, great career, great rad years career, but I'm, mm-hmm. a, you know, what a huge fan of always sunny in Philadelphia. I am. Yeah. And I remember, so I, I was one of like the five people who watched the first season and I was a big fan. And, uh, when I read that Danny DeVito was coming on for the second season, I'm like, oh, God damn it. He's going to ruin it, bringing out a star. And the show is so funny. And that Danny DeVito brought so much to that show. I mm-hmm. don't know what it would be without. It wouldn't be a show without Danny DeVito. No, as I Frank think it, Reynolds, prolonged,
1: it prolonged the whole series.
0: Well, it, 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 he, adds, he brings so much to it as Frank. Just mm-hmm. like a not give a fuck financier. We know someone like that. If, if if our friend Uncle Bix was rich, he would be like Frank Reynolds in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, the what, what? How many Radiers careers did Taxi make?
1: Shit, yeah, you know, quite a few. Um, but yeah, uh, September twentieth, nineteen eighty four. We got who's the boss? Eight eight long seasons, and until uh it was diagnosed with moving time slot syndrome and uh of course once you can track that it's fatal so, so he
0: he jumped right from this from right from taxi to this it was it was one of those rare uh situations where you you your second show takes off your sophomore show
1: uh 84 when did taxi wrap up 83 oh good for him yeah next
0: pilot season it looks like
1: Hmm. Which means he had that—that that was already in the talks. That was in the can.
0: Yeah. Well, when they were canceling, he probably you know signed off yeah. for a pilot, and it got picked up. I don't know how ruthless it is back then. It we uh, you know what we went through probably a, even
1: harder because it, it wasn't harder, like the '90s. Yeah. They were just throwing them out like like candy.
0: Now it's um uh, now it's even like there's so many networks like people are buying buying pilots left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyway. Uh, you want to start talking about our subject? Oh, I do. Yeah, I'm excited for this one because very much so. This was a big part of growing up that doesn't really exists anymore. It does kind of though, but not the way it used to. Like we're talking arcades, yeah. and they exist in like Chuck E. Cheese, which is a is a relic of a bygone era uh, that still exists. But I guess Dave and Buster's and various forms of it, but they're not true arcades. You're basically playing games of chance for tickets. It's it's basically like a child casino anymore. Like you're not lining up behind a cabinet. Some places have
1: a few games, but you're there for other reasons and it's there to entertain you. It's not like a place where you would go and meet and that was the goal of it was to go and play video games in a tight, narrow corridor with other kids.
0: Right. And now when, when some of the most powerful machines on the planet exist in your living room and that's who they program for... Why mm-hmm. would you program a game? You know, no one would program a game that you know for an arcade cabinet when you could program for for how much your money phone. did Gen- Grand Theft Auto Five make? Yeah, your phone too. Fortnite? What Fortnite? I don't play Fortnite, but I know it's huge.
1: It's for the Utes. It's for the Utes.
0: So uh, I guess I'm um, first. Uh, you ready to break into it?
1: Yeah, let's get going. All right, we we'll go. ramble on and on about it as we go. New Order base to New Order 12, Operation Exploitation underway. Proceed to Objective. Book X. Copy that. New Order 12, Countering resistance! Wake up! The revolution has begun! Generation X is in effect!
0: Squeezer. Yo! No music. No games. No voice. No choice. Forget that. Music is the weapon. We're talking Revolution X. Revolution- Midway's Revolution X came out in 1994. And it was a, a railgun shooter where uh, you're stationary, obviously, and like the environment moves around you and you shoot it. Mm-hmm. Quite a popular uh, arcade style at the time and still yeah. is. Uh, it was originally su- programmed as a Jurassic Park game. But Sega beat Midway to the License. So, they had to base it around Aerosmith instead. It's, uh, the cabinet's very similar to T2, and I read a lot of rumors that there was a kit to turn a T2 cabinet, the T2 shooting railgate shooter, into mm-hmm. the Aerosmith Revolution X cabinet.
1: It's just a matter of, I mean, it's not like you just pull a card and plug it back in, like, it would be like full circuit boards, no? Or?
0: Uh, I guess there's like a logic board you swap out. Okay. And then the the guns could be the same. But the situation was if it was a T two uh switchover, um, it had just midway on the side, I, th- I believe, and you just swapped out the front like stuff. And then the the oh. gun was there. De- it was only a- so there was three types of cabinets. Uh the original dedicated cabinet had two guns, uh the T two kit cabinets had one gun, that was the T two gun, and there was like a kind of rare uh three gun setup that was fucking huge. And I remember seeing these oh, yeah. like it's Dorney like a Park and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And if you notice on the dedicated cabinet, the guns are flat on the back. It's because you're shooting CDs at the enemy. That's your ammunition. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so let me let me scroll through the opening crawl to give you a, an idea of the story. Uh, you have no choice. You have no voice. The new order nation has taken over and everything you like is wrong. All caps. All video <laughs> games, television, magazines, especially music, have been declared illegal and are strictly forbidden. A corrupt new industrial, governmental, militaristic, oppressive alliance. That's a lot of dashes. <laughs> industrial, governmental, militaristic, oppressive alliance. The new order nation led by head mistress Helga is seizing all citizens between ages of 13 and 30. Basically any asshole who'd play this game. You're on your okay. way to see Aerosmith <laughs> They're playing at Club X, LA's hottest hottest night spot. At the same time, the New Order's Nation the New Order Nation's evil plan is being launched, and you're stuck in the middle. As one of the last surviving free youth, you must battle New Order forces to get backstage at Club X and meet Aerosmith. <laughs> where together you will begin the revolution. Remember, music is the weapon. Uh so yeah, this was I am still and was always obsessed with Aerosmith. Um, <laughs> of course, you shot CDs, and the soundtrack consisted of several Aero, several Aerosmith songs that continuously looped: uh, "Eat the Rich," "Sweet Emotion," "Toys in the Attic," "Walk This Way," and a Muzak version of "Love in an Elevator" because there's a part where you're in an elevator, so it plays like dun 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 dun, dun, dun You know, ah, clever. Um, so during just like other Midway games which we'll talk about later there was an ad that ran in the startup screen that had an offer for the CD you paid like 13 bucks and um or f- i think it was like 15 and you send the check or money order in and then 6 to 8 <laughs> weeks later they'd send you a CD or the poster that you ordered of the soundtrack to listen to so you could live Wait. the revolution
1: of Aerosmith songs that you probably already had
0: right but they're all great songs those are all some of my well, favorites
1: Yeah, but that's what you have a uh, a cassette recorder for. But it's not the
0: official Revolution X soundtrack, Squeezer. (laughs) You're not fighting against the man with with old CDs you're blending together. Wait, who
1: am I fighting against?
0: Um, The industrial, governmental, militaristic, oppressive alliance called the New Order Nation. And Squeezer, never forget. In fact, remember, music is the weapon. My favorite part of the game was as soon as you go in Club X... Like First of all, there's tons of fucking blood in this game, like the gratuitous... It's Midway, so it was like the gratuitous... uh, It was after Mortal Kombat came out, so it was the gratuitous Mortal Kombat blood. Mm -hmm. Like heads popping off and blood blowing everywhere. But as you went into Club X, there's dancing ladies in thongs shaking their ass up in cages, just dancing away like nothing's happening as carnage is going all around them.
1: They're pros.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about pros. Uh, In the home console versions, they were like still there but they they faced you so you didn't see their asses and thongs Ah, uh, and it and it was it was like for me i loved it because it was emotion captured just like a mortal Kombat. so you know it was a real woman it was the same woman who played helga <laughs> so it wasn't like an animation of a woman it was you know back then there wasn't the internet kids so you took what you can get uh I loved Aerosmith and I loved Rail Shooters. And when you're, there wasn't a long line for this game, like you talk about going to Dorney Park or Disney World and waiting in line, that's what arcades, like when a new arcade dropped, you mm-hmm. were you crowded, if you wanted to play, you waited in line or you just crowded around to get a glimpse of the gameplay.
1: Oh, just watching people play.
0: Yeah. And uh, remember, if you're a last surviving free youth, uh, you must battle in order to meet Mary, <laughs> to meet Aerosmith, and like randomly, there's like one scene I remember like when when like you not one scene, but if you blow a lot of shit up, uh, Steven Tyler will come on the screen at the bottom of the screen and yell toasty, like in Mortal Kombat because <laughs> nice. this is Midway is the same developers, so there was a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of blending in. Uh, but yeah, Revolution X, I'll always remember. You have such a, I was such an Aerosmith fan and a real real gun shooter fan. That this is a no brainer uh, for me. Uh, Definitely one I wanted to talk about. And uh, we can move on. Your first pick, squeeze. You ready for it?
1: Oh, yeah. There we go. What's this from? Enter a time when men were warriors and gods ruled the world. A time of good and against evil. A place of danger. Summoned by Zeus to rescue Athena. You will infiltrate the underworld with the power to transform into mystical creatures with supernatural strength. Altered beast.
0: Um, I played this on Genesis. On Sega Channel. Yes. It
1: was... Uh, uh, yes, it was ported to many... Assist- it was. It's a Sega... Uh, it was developed by Sega um originally for the arcade and then it was ported to a uh, um Genesis uh not uh, the Genesis version for one very specific r- reason not as good as the arcade I'll get into that
0: was this the was, arcade a beat em up
1: yeah yeah okay yeah same thing you're just you know you are a uh, a human uh a dead greek warrior uh that Zeus brings back from the dead uh to uh rescue his daughter um because i guess the gods are too busy or some shit uh and then as you go you get power-ups and originally you're like just a regular half-naked dude sure and then you get your first power-up and it's like super story and all of a sudden you look like jose canseco like you're just massive with this tiny little head just going around punching dudes and then eventually then you get to turn into your beast form depending on what level you are you know so you start up first level you turn into a werewolf, then a were-dragon, then a were-bear. This guy doesn't- A bear He's were lost a lot. Where is he? Uh, a were-tiger, and then the final level, uh, which I never saw outside of YouTube videos because this game was hard as shit and I yeah, sucked. Yeah, notoriously uh, hard, right? What's that? Notoriously hard. Oh, correctly. very hard, yeah. And, like, F you hard. Uh, a golden werewolf. This was my first- arcade experience and it wasn't even in an arcade per se there was you know there was a time where you, you had your arcades your traditional ones and then like you had mentioned the ones like the Chuck E. Cheese and the Dave and Busters but then there were also just those little nooks and crannies of places wherever they could jam a cabinet or two and
0: those are probably my favorite memories of arcades
1: yes this one just so happened to be wedged in the nook and cranny of uh we've spoken before. Um, uh, a food lane and Lane Co. Oh yeah, they used to the have arcades. Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah,
0: they were big on the arcades in the lobby.
1: Yep, uh, and they had Altered Beast, and this was yeah my first time I remember dumping a quarter in this machine and was immediately this, lost it.
0: Was this at all related to Golden Axe? Am I thinking?
1: Yes. Um. So uh, Makoto Uchida. Okay. I'm, I know I'm butchering that. Uh, he was, uh, the main developer, main designer behind Golden Axe.
0: Uh, Was that just Genesis or was that also Arcade?
1: Uh, was Golden, uh, Golden Axe is an Arcade as well. Okay. I believe, I'm fairly certain. I'll just say it is and, you know, people can, you know, correct me later, get angry and then forget by the time the show's over. We're early on. We are early. Uh, and then also, uh, Hirokazu Yashuhara, Hiro- I, I just, I sound racist just pronouncing it wrong. I apologize. You're trying, and that's what matters. Hero uh, Hirokazu Yashuhara. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that sounds, I got it. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, the lead designer and level designer, uh, eventually then for one Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, oh. and Uchida now is still like, he's like head of R&D for like Sega China or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, two big shots working on this game, uh, early on in the, uh, you know, Sega days, the best part about this game outside of eventually battling through and you fight like a giant pile of poop monster that throws its head at you and, you know, stuff like that. Hmm? A
0: Golgothan?
1: Is that what it's called? No, nah, that's, monster?
0: that's from Kevin Smith. Oh the monster, yes. The poop monster. is a
1: Golgothan. Well, we'll get to that later it could be um but like it was so hard because the en- enemies just like came out of nowhere um there's like no rules just stuff that everything just killed you everywhere it was brutal and then you so you fight all these massive monsters and creatures throughout the game and you're you're trying you're for some reason the main guy this this nef guy just basically it's Uncle Fester. Um, <laughs> And he would turn into all, the, all these guys. In the end, he's like, oh, shit, you know what would be the most difficult thing for you to uh, kill that you'll never be able to defeat? Uh, Rocksteady.
0: Of the Ninja Turtles universe?
1: Yeah. yeah, pretty much this guy just turns into a rhino with armor. Uh-huh. And it's a spitting image of of Rocksteady. I'm pretty sure he made an appearance in Wreck-It Ralph, uh, this character.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I, I watched Wreck-It Ralph with Enchantress, the, and I loved it. We're looking boss. forward
1: to the second one. Um, great movie uh and just my the the best line whenever he uh when you go fight the boss is welcome to your doom um which you know as a kid like "Ooh, my doom uh if if now spoilers not that anyone's gonna go out and ever beat this game because it's impossible so you were kind of left uh you didn't get the benefit of beating this game if you played it at home Because it just ended, it gave you some titles, and that was it. If you beat it in the arcade, it almost, like, it gave you a pat on the back for, like, being a... For actually getting through this, like, just punch in the back of the head that is Ultra Beast. Right. Because the credits start to roll, and then it reveals, like, a picture of, like, your character. And he's, like, in the suit, but now he's holding, like, the Beast head. Like, it's, like, a mask. And then uh athena's there off to the side Some of like the the monsters are hanging from strings behind them and there's actually a a, a slate like a clapboard like in in the foreground oh uh, okay and so like it kind of like is it like a behind the scenes like hey this whole time you were playing this game this movie you were part of this production
0: isn't that what mario brothers 3 kind of was i play uh
1: yeah i think that came
0: out like you're you're like playing stages and it was all just to play
1: is that how it is because i guess the the curtain makes sense in yeah. the opening sequence yeah. Uh and then and then the next screenshot is everyone like you and the enemies with beers and they're like toasting you no way like, that's a awesome. job yeah it's a really cool easter egg that probably no one ever saw yeah right. um because this that's game is just put hard to there. or maybe i was just young and incompetent
0: can can we talk for a minute about other places that we remember arcade games being tucked into yeah yeah i remember bowling alleys like oh absolutely bowling alley playing ninja turtles of course dorney Mm -hmm. park the amusement park uh dorney park still has arcades but they're they're more like dave and buster point arcades um hmm you get like there was the one cabinet in, like, various restaurant-like lobbies. Like, the one or two cabinets. Pizza like, Hut. Yeah, you get, like, a claw machine and, like, one cabinet machine. Mm-hmm. Pizza
1: Hut had a Mortal Kombat. Yeah,
0: a lot... Everyone had Mortal Kombat.
1: But it, it's fun. It's like this family restaurant, and everyone was up in arms, but... they Hey, people made, are gonna pump it, quarters it into that a, thing. Yeah, like,
0: the Red Robin Kid Zone had fucking Mortal oh, Kombat. M-
1: movie theaters. Movie theaters, that's another one. I remember the, um... uh. What what it? Wasn't the AMC? It was a General Cinema. The one by the mall. The one that, yeah, it was by the mall. The one that became a fabric store and then an HH H. Greg and now yeah. uh, nothing. General Cinemas, yeah. General Cinema, yeah. That one that had some that had a Golden Axe. That had a Golden Axe in there. They had Rampage.
0: I know. Um, um I played Killer Instinct a lot at the AMC that we still go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was bad, but it was there. But those, like, small spaces, like, arcades were generally a place you could go where you knew what, what was going on, but then, like, the cabinets would appear randomly other places. And, like, y- you fuck it. Like, that's more, like, almost, like, fuck the movie. You go in with your friends. You, like, it's, like, the third time you saw it. You spend five minutes in the movie, and then you go out and you play, you know, the arcades for the rest of whatever quarters you had left.
1: Well, living down the street, if we... You know, weren't actually going into one of the malls to go to those arcades. We would just go into the movie theater lobby and just play in there because it was closer. Yeah, it's like
0: fifty feet closer. Yeah, because well,
1: I didn't have to cross a deadly road, Ryan. Well, it's not
0: really deadly, and it and that that Grape Street. No, I mean the. the I,
1: Ten years old?
0: I'm not talking Grape Street. Was, there was an arcade in the upper level across from the pizza place in Leah Valley Mall.
1: I know exactly what you're talking about, but the mall was scary and dark back then.
0: Right, but it was on the same level. So you were basically, if you walked outside the movie theater, you were staring
1: at the entrance to that arcade. Yes, but do you know how big that parking lot is? Yeah. That's like, that's like 50 feet. Yeah,
0: but, but the arcade would have been dark and, and welcoming for you.
1: No that play, that one was actually pretty big, yeah it was that wasn't a spaceport, was it? no no uh, it wasn't. I don't think it
0: was I think only I think it
1: the, just said arcade yeah, I think it was just arcade uh, but we'll that ta- that was actually a big one that's actually I think that's where I played Revolution x. They had that there, I believe, nice,
0: I remember the first time I played it was at the beach, that's another place, the beach, arcades at the beach, yeah, oh yeah uh so yeah. Altered Beast, you got anything else on that That bad boy?
1: Oh, no. It is a bad boy, though. It was a bad boy. And
0: it. Uh, I remember playing it on Sega Channel, and I, I lasted like 10 seconds. I'm like, what the fuck is this game? Yeah, it, I, it's controller-cracking uh, rage. I was used to, what's that game on, what's the first, uh, Double Dragon. I was used to Double Dragon, mm-hmm. where you, you could basically play forever as a beat-em-up, and then you play Altered Beast, and you're you're dead in 10 seconds. You're like, what the
1: yeah. it, it's a It's a Nick Arcade game, if there ever is one. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I think it was featured a lot on that. I, I yeah, well, yep.
0: Yeah. Uh awesome. Uh let's uh move on to my next pick, which was another hugely popular cabinet. So what you're hearing, Squeezer, is the opening title screen for Mortal Kombat 2. This was a game changer in my point of view. This So this was a year before what we just talked about, uh, Revolution X, 1993, we're talking about now. Uh, this was one of the first arcade cabinets I remember like crowding around to watch other people play. Yep. And I remember, this is a memory that's still burnt into my mind. I, I know I played the first Mortal Kombat, but I can't remember when. I remember we were at the South Mall. My mom gave me quarters. She was in James Way, and I went in to play Mortal Kombat. I was 11 for the first time. I, I was so nervous. There was all these big kids around me playing. I got up for my chance. I put the quarter. I picked my character. I was probably Raiden. I died. I blacked out, and I I when I came back to it, I was dead. <laughs> uh this had the same dcs dcs sound system that revolution x used it was for like a just two speaker stereo system and a cabinet it sounded really good um Mm -hmm. and it also had an ad before it that cycled in the the uh, demo screen that lets you buy the soundtrack to the game there was also two different comic books for sale a mortal kombat 1 and a mortal kombat 2 comic book same deal, write the check or money order and send it in. Four years later, you get your fucking wares. Uh, not like, th- they didn't never fly in today's society. Uh, the ca- the cabinet, like just like most of Midway's cabinet, was covered in the coolest artwork. It had Raiden on the side with the lightning. Mm-hmm. It had like, lightning all around it instead of dragons. Uh, and of course, the outcry from Mortal Kombat. It was just as bad for Mortal Kombat too, if not worse. And I'm not even going to get to that. What I want to talk about is how the first, first game had fatalities. Uh, this expanded on them, expounded on them, but they also added babalities, which turned mm-hmm. your opponent into a crying baby, and friendships, which was this like stupid, nonviolent interaction where you gave a present or did something dumb and didn't kill your opponent. Uh, and there was also like certain stage fatalities that could be performed, but... There was this game was like the first I remember to have like wild rumors and urban legends attached to it. So I remember uh, being part of these urban legends. Uh, that comic book store I talk about that was in the, the Tillman Ape shopping center next to the movie theater I always went to. Mm-hmm. They sold the they had these these bins of uh, filing bins on the wall that had like printed out guides that were printed out com- made on a computer and printed out and stapled on the side. For for, of like move guides for 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 games and i bought the mortal Kombat 2 one uh it it was like chintzy but it was like three dollars
1: and i bought it there so it was like what game faqs is now but they would have it like they would type it up themselves print it out print it out make a cover and staple
0: it together and sell it to you for like three bucks which was smart at the time because that stuff didn't exist that's
1: all you had to work with
0: So I swore I read in this book, and I still stand by it today, that there were the the moves to perform animalities in the game. But I lost the book and couldn't prove it to anybody. And my brother and all my friends were like, well, where's this book that you have the moves in? I could not find it anywhere. I searched fucking everywhere for this book. I accused everyone of stealing it from me. Um, (laughs) But I remember reading it in there. But I, I learned later that animalities were a thing that everyone said they swore was in there. But we're never really in there. And I'm thinking this might be part of the Mandela effect. You know what I mean? Um, Just like Berenstain, Berenstain
1: bears? Yeah. So well, I I think part of that stems from the one Liu Kang fatality where he turns into a dragon. Right. But and then bites your head off. Right. But there was there was like
0: people swearing you could turn into a polar bear, which they later did. In Mortal Kombat Mm three, they made animalities. Everyone swore this. And it it was like a a thing that that this was before the internet. So like I don't know how this like spread across the country the way it did. But I definitely
1: was involved. Like I swore to people there was animalities and I had the codes, but I lost the book. And I did lose the book. So you were one of them. You're the reason someone told me that there were animalities and then I had to tell someone else. Yeah. It was my fault. There were other rumors... And, well, there was no, well, there was no internet, so there was no checking it. There was no no right. one there to go, no, there isn't. Right.
0: There was also rumors that Katana and Melania had the nudality and the sexuality, and they got naked, but I think that was just, like, us horror. That kids. wishful thinking? Wishful thinking. Yeah. Um. They were never true, but, of course, they would incorporate the animalities and other, like, cool stage stuff into future games because uh, they were, like, fans themselves, and they loved hearing the, the lore of... Mortal Kombat 2 in my mind would always be one of the biggest games that existed for me. I remember getting it for Super Nintendo. I remember the lore, the the playing it for the first time in the arcades, and I remember the 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 urban legend that went around it. And it's a, it's a big memory in my mind. That's why mm-hmm. I, I wanted to make it a part of my picks. Absolutely. Uh all right. Why did we move on to your
1: next one? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, this is much more wholesome. right. You know those constitutionals he likes to take?
0: Constitutionals.
1: I think we're beyond euphemisms at this point. God's a skee-ball fanatic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Lord has quite a fancy for the game. He's been playing it for years. He assumes a human form once a month and indulges. Doesn't tell anyone where he's playing. He just
1: goes away for a couple of hours. And from what I understand, he always gives his free points away to neighborhood children. Isn't that sweet?
0: but she hasn't come back from one of these day trips. Is that what you're saying? No, she hasn't. And we've been unable to locate her. You know, Squeezer, when you said we'd talk about this later, Uh I assumed you pulled the skee-ball scene from Chasing Amy. Oh. I didn't realize you pulled from the same movie I was talking about. (laughs) We share brain. That just proves it.
1: Yeah. Well, I had to find a way to get Alan Rickman in the show.
0: So I had, yeah.
1: I mean, why not? Uh, can't locate her. Uh, so condescending. I yeah. love him. Uh, in this case, uh, Alanis Morissette loves skee ball. You know who else loves skee ball? Squeezer. Squeezer, love the damn thing. And uh, yeah, I am. I'm one of. Those, if I go to a location, I will. You know, if I go to an arcade, I got to play some skee-ball. Now, locally, for me, the best skee-ball in the area at the time, believe it or not, was Chuck E. Cheese. um, Because they had a nice, you know, a good number of them, and they were the big long ones, not those short ones. Right. Um, Because, you know, those short ones are for communists. Um, Not really, they are. Uh, Khrushchev actually had one installed in his plane back in the 60s when taking international flights. And you know that because I just made it up.
0: Oh, it sounded like something you would have just
1: made up. Thanks, um, but I would love it, and even to this day too. So we're talking about arcades. You're talking about Dorney Park. Uh, if anyone is in um, beautiful middle of nowhere Pennsylvania, and you happen to wander into Hershey Park, they got a pretty badass arcade in there. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of skee ball. Uh, some like games of chance, some newer stuff, but a ton of old classic cabinets. Yeah. A lot of stuff that you wouldn't even even think would still be around. Like they still have, like the Ghostbusters one, uh, some old wrestling ones, uh, some real like generic, like classic ones. And, you know, like the Galaga and all, all those. Um, at one, imp- I will my, my final pick is the whole reason I even... It's like one of the main reasons I enjoy going there any time is to play that one. Uh, and a, a ton of uh, other old machines. But Skee-Ball, uh, I I am I jump on it there. Because they also have... So it's the longer tracks, too, just like the ones, very similar machines, just like they had at Chuck E. Cheese by us. And uh, the balls, too, they're all Masonite. Not those plastic ones. you got to have a masonite ball. Oh, yeah. I
0: mean? That's wood, right?
1: Uh, Yes. It's like a wood composite that's like boiled down and glued back up together. Oh. And they're hard as hell. Uh. And I thoroughly enjoy just a, a fine game of skill and just letting tickets pile up. You, you can't be one of those people that you pull a couple tickets, put them in your pocket and go. You just got to let the mountain build up so you can kind of show off as you go. mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I agree, uh, yeah, you a skee-ball
0: guy um uh, you know i I'm okay about it. I'll play like a game or two, but i'm not, I'm not uh, i will good. stand i will
1: i will, I'm one of those people that I will stack the quarters i, I by d- the slot
0: I didn't put this on my list, and now I'm thinking I should have I'm a down to clown guy,
1: uh, you know what i was well, I wasn't even thinking about this until I saw something else on your list. Uh, coming up. Yeah, and the and then I'm like, oh shit. This is like right next to that mm-hmm. Well at Chuck E. Cheese the ski ball was right next to down the clown
0: And I'm not talking about the Chuck E. Cheese where you shoot the clown with the gun
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm talking about the whip the ball at the clown down the clown.
1: Oh, okay Now I like the guns No,
0: I got an arm. So
1: oh, yeah, you were a star pitcher.
0: <laughs> oh Boy
1: Oh, remember when they had the, that one game where you try to scoop up as many of the like ball pit balls as you could and get them in the trash can?
0: Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Uh, and by star pitcher, you mean I could fit as much big league chew as I could in my mouth and then make the biggest, most viscous pink spit blod while other people played the game like it should be played?
1: You still get a ring. <laughs> okay, You're well, still, I'm just... You still get a juice box at the end of the day. I'm just
0: checking. I don't think they should have gave me that juice box before checking <laughs> my blood sugar. Oh uh, but yeah, I have, I have like, um, in that short distance of down the clown, I'm pretty lethal. Nice, and so is Enchantress. We, we, we were, we broke a few records on down the clown machines in the past.
1: I always like playing people that they always want to go for the hundreds up in the corners. Right. Yeah. No. Just be consistent. Just keep hitting that fifty, and you'll just keep racking up points. <laughs> don't, don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I didn't know, Well, I knew it, it started, um, you know, it was always like a, an East coast. It started, you know, down at the shore it was a like a Jersey shore thing, but fucking 1908 is when the initial, if anyone's interested, I, I was looking at patents today. I spent, uh, a massive amount of hours watching, um, not only arcade video game footage, but footage of people playing, uh, arcade games and a similar ilk. And then looking at uh, U.S. patents. So if anyone's interested, uh, the skee-ball patent is uh, U.S. patent 9,005-941. 9, if anyone wants to go check it out. It's a good read.
0: It's elapsed, right? It's in public domain. Anyone can make skee-ball, right? Uh, if it's that old, it has to have been, I think. I know, that's that's something beyond our comprehension. Right. Yeah, I, w- I would assume anyone can make them now. Because there was tons of... when the iPhone first came out. There's a ton of like play keyboard on your iPhone, and when people realized that I was reductively stupid, it just went away. But that was there was like a bunch of them popped up right away. I just figured it
1: was a rights thing.
0: But who knows?
1: Yeah, I don't think it doesn't look like anyone like renewed the rights to it.
0: Hmm. Um, do you want to hear about another skill game of chance? Yeah Alright, here's, here's mine and, and listen to this full clip Because it's a fucking jam, and, and get your bingo marker ready
1: Are you guys crazy? Don't stick your heads out there You'll get clacked Tom Landry? Hello Hank Coach Landry, you've got to get off the platform. It's a peg in gear. In a couple of seconds, it's gonna push you through that hole. I know. But aren't you aren't you scared you're gonna get whacked? Not every time, Hank. The times you don't, it's pretty sweet. Sunshine, fresh air, a little football on the TV in the arcade. Every time I go up, I see a little more. Well, my turn again. Yeah! Cowboys are playing. Out a boy, Troy.
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) So as we heard from Mole Hank, this is Whack-A-Mole, a a pagan gear random uh, arcade redemption game invented in 1976 by Aaron Fetcher of Creative Engineering. But it was ripped off of a popular arcade game invented in 1975 by Kazu Yamada of Togo, uh, licensed by Bandai in 1977. Whack-a-mole, like, again, Hank said, is the pegging gear where randomly the moles will pop out of holes uh, and you take a large, soft, black mallet, and if you whack it down, you get points. As the game gets faster, more points are awarded, and at the end of the game, you're playing against multiple people, the one who has the most points either wins a prize or tickets. And uh, it's awfully cathartic, to say the least. (laughs) I wondered why my dad loved it so much at the beach, and then when I grew up to realize his relationship with my mom at the time, I started to understand it more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, of course, is you know, the mallets connected to a rope, to prevent him from stealing the fucking whack-a-mole uh, mallet. mallet.
1: That, yeah, but it was always too short of a rope.
0: It was, it was. You needed, like, a good long chain instead. Um... It's best played with multiplayer. You're playing against multiple people to see who could whack the most moles and get that stupid stuffed animal up there. Uh, it, it's There's not much to say about whack-a-mole. It's pretty simple. There's
1: Yeah, you don't want to be that person that you, you look over and there's someone just by themselves playing whack-a-mole all day long.
0: <laughs> Unless you're my dad and you're getting some anger out.
1: <laughs> that's true. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Right. There's nine holes and the moles randomly pop up and when you whack them down again, you get points. Um, uh, the ter- I learned something from this. The term "whack a mole"
1: mm-hmm. is
0: colloquially, colloquially, colloquially coll- I can't. We say know what word. you mean. Yeah. <laughs> colloquially, colloquially used to denote a repetitious and futile task. Each time an adversary is whacked, it only pops up again somewhere else. In a military context, the term is used to refer to us ostensibly inferior opposing troops who keep reappearing. I love this show. Yeah, how I can't speak or read. Uh, of course, they rip this off in many forms. There's a gator panic and different animals popping out of the holes. But the original <laughs> still stands true. And You can find it almost everywhere. You whack them all. It's fun. It's one of my dad's favorites. Again... As I grew older, I learned why, but <laughs> he always made us play with him, and it was always fun. It was like, get, wow. get, get on and whack the balls with Dad. He's always going to win because of the anger, but <laughs> <laughs> he gave us his tickets or his prize, <laughs> so it was a win-win no matter what. All right. Uh, it's time for your third pick. You ready, Squeeze? I am. All right, here we go. Get ready. What's that?
1: Uh, nothing more cathartic than strapping into a fighter jet and blowing stuff up. Or whacking moles. Or whacking moles. That too. Or sometimes you just want to chill and roll a ball down a ramp. Um, Afterburner. Sega's 1987 combat flight simulator. Okay. Uh, made, not famous, but, uh, uh, quite popular in the film uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Ah. It's what young John Connor was playing when uh, the T-1000 came looking and uh, Bud Nick tried covering for him. Right. Yeah. Uh, that That's what an arcade looks like. That reminds me of, of other arcades, you know, in the area and stuff. Like, just long, narrow stretches, just crammed with kids. And, you know, it, it was a space in the mall not big enough for a store. So they're like, and we got this hallway. What do we do with it? Oh, let's throw down a carpet and uh, throw some cabinets in. Right. Uh, the Afterburner. This game was awesome. This was one of those games that there'd be a line for. Because the, we were in a cockpit. You know, you had the throttle. You had the joystick. And it was rocking you left and right. I w- I was watching this whole video on the mechanics behind it. Like, it's really... A complex machine for just some kid to pump quarters into. So you know this thing had to make money. Yeah. Um, and they had to have known what they were doing. They had to know this was going to be something special. Uh, but there's two versions. So you had you had the cockpit. Um, uh, and then they also had a, a stand-up model. Which was... Uh, they had, you know, the joist. They had the, um, the stick and then the throttle was just kind of off to the side and they still had like all the lights and doodads and stuff, but you weren't sitting down. You just had to stand there like a schlep and, um, you know, pretend you weren't Tom Cruise this time around. Um, but yeah, you just, you strap into that cockpit and just start singing, playing with the boys to yourself and just start blasting, you know, fighter jets out of the sky for no good reason. Just like in Top Gun. Uh, talk to me goose. Uh, the force feedback was awesome, too. Like your joystick would rattle and stuff. I was always a fan of that. Same thing, like when you were talking about uh, Revolution X, like the rail shooters, mm-hmm. I would always look for the ones where I'm going to get some recoil.
0: Oh, yeah. Those, those were
1: the best. Uh, but yeah, this was, one of, this was a big move uh, for Sega. I mean, for 1987, it, it was a good-looking cabinet. It was a pretty advanced game. Uh, And, I mean, it was an endeavor to make this thing. I bet, I mean... At at a time when most other games in the arcade were just... 1987, it's just a lot of other very similar-looking cabinets, and guys are just standing out to look different with artwork. Yeah. And you have this... You have a ride now. It's a ride. Right. And I honestly don't remember anything about the gameplay. I mean... But it, you're, you know, flying around. You got missiles, and you know, you got a, a mini, a Vulcan cannon underneath. But it was all about that cockpit and that, or the waiting in line for it. The way, yeah, of course,
0: it was one of those games where you, it's like there a crowd would build, and then there would be a line to play, right?
1: And it, you'd look over, and there's another flight simulator, and it's like it's like an Atari Red Baron. And you're like, oh, I'll go play that, and it's just like a wooden bench that you sit on with a little shroud over you and a basic little black joystick and throttle. It's like, oh, this this is fun. This is this is fun. I can I can pretend I can sway myself left and right. And then you get back in the back of the line. Wait for Afterburner.
0: You didn't last long. It's if if you were anything like me. Did you black out when you played it though?
1: Oh absolutely not.
0: No, no, no. I was so one of those places you probably played I'm this no goose. I'm a goose. I was Iceman. Well, technically I'm Iceman. According to old ladies who used to come into work at Subway.
1: Oh. Uh, I'm 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 Iceman in the uh, uh you know, mid two thousands.
0: He's back to looking more like me though now.
1: Oh well good for him.
0: I mean cancer will do that to you. Oh that sucks. Yeah. But he still wants to be in Top Gun too, so good for him. Yeah. I had, uh, so a lot of old ladies have told me, and, and middle-aged men have told me I looked like Val Kilmer. Hmm. And I get Iceman a lot. When I used to work at Subway when I was 16, uh, some old lady would come in on Sundays and just like hang out in the back of the gas. It was a Subway instead of a gas station. She'd hang out in the back and uh, wait till I could make her sandwich. And then she'd stare at me like weirdly as I'd make her sandwich. And one day she just said, has anyone ever told you you look just like Val Kilmer? And I'm like reaching for the phone to dial nine one one, but <laughs> she laughed thankfully. Yeah, it's always been like middle aged man. We were at ToyCon. You were with me, right? We were at ToyCon New Jersey. Yeah. Um, were you with me that time? That guy was like, "We got our own Batman here. Val Kilmer look alike."
1: No, I wasn't there for that because I would have. I would have. I think Dan, our friend Dan, was there with me. Uh. I, I would have
0: loved that. Oh, God. I wanted to sink into the floor. And it's never like I, I'm not saying it's like a, an insult, but you know me. I don't like people. I mean, looking I at get me.
1: that too because people think I look like Michael Keaton.
0: <laughs> That's true. Where we eclipse the reign of Bat. We just need a George Clooney, which I mean, you could fit too. A
1: George Clooney? Yeah. No,
0: he's too handsome. <laughs> You're too handsome. That's true. Uh, but yeah, we really got off topic there. Anyway, Afterburner, you might've played it in one of these.
1: Spaceport takes great pride in the special people we choose to run our stores all across America. And you can be
0: very proud to have been chosen as part of the team responsible for running your spaceport. That was a online instructional video that I cut the most exciting pieces out of. I got 10 seconds out of it. So Spaceport was a chain of arcades that were made to look like space stations, I guess, or what they thought space stations would look like. (laughs) Uh, We had one in our one mall, and it's Corpse still exists. Uh, One of uh, uh, our beloved comic book stores from a kid, some guy bought it, the Spaceport store. The same carpet's there, the same facade is there. Uh, with the, the circular cutouts, and he mm-hmm. turned it into a comic book store, Comic Masters. But spaceports existed all over the country, randomly all over the place, and it, it was like a that blue carpet, that smell. I think they sold like some sort of popcorn concessions in some of them, but not many. Uh, there was soda machines. You had your air hockey tables in there. There was pinball but the arcades were the true store st- uh, star. You could find pictures if you just google Spaceport arcades. You could you could find this fucking 1981 Spaceport employee training video which uh, apparently I couldn't I couldn't check the validity of this but they apparently filmed this at the one in our mall, the Whitehall mall.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Um I mean this this play, that was my hang. You know, if I didn't go like I said, I I was afraid to go into the Leah Valley Mall, but the the Whitehall Mall that was my go-to. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there was no one ever in there. That's why.
0: Uh, that's where
1: when I played. What else do I remember there? Mortal Kombat
0: three. I remember
1: playing in there. Was,
0: are you sure? I think it was closed by the time Mortal Kombat three came out.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure, cause uh, Quan, they had Quan Chi in the game, so that would have been three, right? Four. Mm. Nah, fairly certain I remember playing Mortal Kombat 3 in there at least. You might have. They closed in 96. Definitely two.
0: So in 1970, James Ginsburg, and, and this might be a thing only known for Pennsylvania. I don't know how far the reach was of Spaceport. But in 1970, James Ginsburg and Mark Rodson started the Magna Fun Company, the initial owners of Spaceport in Pennsylvania. Spaceport arcades were known for the spaceship shit, like I told you, and all the employees wore blue spacesuits. By 1983, there were 42 Spaceport locations across the country, but again, they came out of Pennsylvania. The Atari Adventure Group Group purchased Co. at the end of 1983. Spaceport then changed hands again with 44 locations to Adventure Properties Limited in 1985, Then, on April 3rd, 1990, Adventure Properties Limited was bought by Edison Brothers Entertainment. Spaceport and other Edison Brothers Entertainment arcades were then acquired by Namco in 1996. So there's a quick history. Nice. Uh, Most known locations were in Pennsylvania, Oxford Valley Mall, Whitehall Mall, King of Prussia Mall, Chestnut Street in Philadelphia, and Colonial Park Mall in Pakistan, PA.
1: Ah oh, man, just looking at that, and I mean, I see pictures of it all the time, but it still takes me back. And it was like right across from the movie theater too, so it was like your one-stop shop for. And right next to the shoe shine guy. Yeah, yeah, the so cobbler. As a kid, he, he you could knock all dude. three out. You know, dude,
0: don't don't take him down. He was a cobbler. Fuck yeah. He didn't just shine shoes. He fixed those oh, fucking sorry. things. sorry, yeah,
1: fix that shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, he was right next to the Coopersmith you could find on youtube if you just search space search spaceport the spaceport someone did like a walkthrough from 99 january 93 of the king of prussia one the last day before they closed to remodel um it's a pretty cool video uh it's only like a minute or so but it's on there and the training video is on there too but it's fucking kind of stupid uh also uh all the videos are from pennsylvania kyw3 did a story on how uh the iraq war how you called it you did the story how it was like uh video wars Mm -hmm. well they they like tied it into spaceport arcades oh okay like kids playing video games this is the the future future.
1: yeah it's how you're gonna kill iraqis in the future gotcha
0: so Um, yeah yeah that's, it always
1: reminded me of like something out of like Battlestar Galactica.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if that's what they're going for. I mean I think uh you and I talked about um opening up a spaceport like a, something called like we're going to call it Squeezer Spaceport.
1: Yeah, with our, with our business acumen, what could go wrong? Well, everything.
0: Um I think someone opened up one recently. wasn't it wasn't there a spaceport? Uh, I don't know. I think someone did something pretty cool not too long ago and, locally um no 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 no. oh but um hold on oh yeah, Brian singer. He did uh, a spaceport and, and in uh, an X-Men movie. Yeah, it was an X-Men movie. They did a spaceport. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse, because it took place in the 80s. Yeah, there's he built a spaceport.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, of course, you could find that picture uh, online, but, you know... That's that's my favorite like my favorite scenes. Oh, of this, X- this
1: mall training. T- this is I gotta watch this then.
0: Yeah, my favorite scenes from X Men Apocalypse were the mall scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it reminded me of like the cartoon because the first scenes in the cartoon were in a mall. Yeah. With the the sentinels breaking through and Gambit trying to buy trading cards. Yeah, and trading cards. Bring store. us Jubilee yeah. and stuff. Yeah, Jubilee was in the arcade. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense, but yeah, spaceport. Uh, Squeeze, you ready for
1: next your next pick? Uh, let's proceed
0: I wasn't sure if you want me to leave this up the whole time. No,
1: nah, no, nah, you can it, it's rough It's it, it's the best audio quality I can find I searched like an hour <laughs> Something. I was actually gonna like drive around until I found a T2 pinball machine and record good audio of it. Uh, um,
0: you probably could have went to one of our local bowling alleys. I bet they have one. Oh, I'm sure.
1: Uh, I mean, shit, they made fifteen thousand of these things. Wow. Yeah, it was a popular uh, popular system. Um, so, specifically, I want to talk uh, to. So, I I, I am. Uh, I'm a pin, I'm not a pinball guy because I realized in doing my research there is a whole community out there that knows a ton of shit and I am blown away just reading comments. I have no idea what these people are talking about. And then, like I said, I watched people play pinball for hours today. I'm like, how the hell? I watched a guy play like 15 minutes straight. Like, do you uh, know how many quarters it would cost me to play 15 minutes in a pinball machine? Yeah, uh...
0: Enchantress is something of a pinball wizard, and we are down at the beach in Point Pleasant. That's a song. Yeah, I, I know that is. We were uh, at Point Pleasant, New Jersey, and they had the Guardians of the Galaxy game, and mm-hmm. she kept getting free games and stuff. And then I played for 10 minutes or not, I'm sorry, 10 seconds, and <laughs> I, I died. But she was going on for a
1: while. She's quite the skilled pro at pinball. So the two I specifically, when I, I, I was gonna start, I was going into the weeds and like I gotta narrow this down. So I figured I'm gonna pick a couple machines that I like, and then I was able to narrow it down the two machines that were developed and designed by the same guy, which is Steve Ritchie, uh, who who people kind of, I don't know, I think they I think he's a good pinball designer, and then okay. I see people that were throwing some hate, but it's 2018, so why wouldn't they? Um, but then everyone that was throwing hate it's like, dude, you just suck at pinball. So that made me feel kind of good. Uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day and Star Trek The Next Generation uh, pinball. <laughs> uh, both licensees. And uh, they didn't, like, waste, like, the license on these things. It wasn't just, like, you. they took some pictures and slapped it on. Like, the way they integrated uh, both, like... The imagery and like some props and stuff, like the, the you know you have like the the Terminator skull, which is like your jackpot, you know that's synonymous with this arc. Like even if you just walk by this at some point in your life, you recognize immediately what this this you know pinball machine is. Um, but like they took like plot lines and integrated actually into the play. And for me, it it's kind of lost on me because when I play. I have one goal and that is to keep the ball from going down the hole. Right. Uh, everyone else, I'm watching these guys play and they're like, Oh, this is my mission now, and like boom boom boom, like paddle, paddle, paddle all this that and like fucking racking up points and doing all these like little missions and following storylines within the machine. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. Um, yeah,
0: there's there's a storyline and I don't I couldn't follow it fucking for shit, but Enchantress yeah. knew what she was doing.
1: Um so the T2 game that came out in uh 91 it was the first game it replaced the plunger uh with what they called an auto plunger and it's the gun trigger mhm so oh, yeah, it's yeah, automatic yeah. now which uh it's cool but me personally sometimes you don't want to you know sometimes you don't want to do a full pull mhm you know right. which I I learned from playing Space Cadet Pinball on the old uh PC back in the day um th- again uh we can't have two shows in a row without talking about arnold arnold was you know provided the voice for this so when you when you heard in the beginning like him saying like uh he would say like it's judgment day and uh jackpot and stuff like that it's arnold's voice he recorded all the tracks for the pinball machine mm-hmm. uh and originally there's so there's no um like uh T1000 initially On it again because it was in development. Um, You know they they wanted to they kept that close to the chest. They didn't want it getting out what the T1000 looked like. Right. Uh, But this was one of the first games too, at least from uh, the this manufacturer, Williams WPC. Um, You know they would use the dot matrix displays. Right. And uh, it it was the first time that they used it in one of their games, but. That programming came later, close towards release. So at that point, they were allowed to put a T-1000 in. So there's actually a little movie, a dot matrix movie of the uh, T-1000 during the game. Hmm. Uh, And the cool thing, too, is when you got the jackpot on this, and like I said, I've never had it happen to me on purpose, maybe by random. Right. Um, But there's actually, like, the cannon, and it just launches the balls like awkwardly out the side and then they go bouncing and flying all over the place. Which yeah, makes that's it even how,
0: uh, again, the Guardians was one like that too. They they get caught in Groot's mouth and they just, they come out
1: randomly. It's fun. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just a real fun game. Lots of lights, lots of, and again, I, uh, watching someone play it properly was amazing. I just got lost in it. And then Star Trek, same thing. They went out and got the entire cast. Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, uh, Michael Dorn, Brett Spinner, uh, ev- everyone came, Lavar Burton, and recorded their voices. Oh wow! For for uh, the next generation uh, uh, pinball machine, and uh, Steve Ritchie is a big fan of Star Trek, so he was all in. This was actually a larger cabinet. They this was part of the um, uh, Super Pin series that this company was putting out, and so it's a wider cabinet. So there's even more going on. Uh, and this one kind of blew my mind like trying to read the instructions for this and like all the different missions and stuff and how it breaks down like there's like eight different levels that you have to go through and how to generate points with the flipper and uh like collecting different artifacts i'm like this is a again when i played pinball again i was just struggling to stay alive right and then but again i would just Go online and just watch people play for real. It's awesome. Yeah, right, check it out. Yeah. And, and that's what you would do. It's one of those things, too. In the arcade, like, I sucked. But if you were in the arcade and you got someone that's good and you could just stand there and watch them, it was so cool to see. It was like a, watching a wizard, which, hence, you know, the term wizard and also, the you know, last level, you know, being the... uh wizard mode you know kind of thing right uh and then again i i didn't want to blow it right away but hershey their entire back wall at hershey just pinball machines now it is yeah uh, yeah they still have them there
0: so uh if you go to barcade in new york which Mm -hmm. is in chelsea it's fun it's great barcade we you and i've been there there's Mm -hmm. no pinball games if you go to the one in fishtown in philly they've got a, a a nice selection of pinball games nice um but yeah, uh, are Hershey ones retro? or Are they all newer?
1: Uh, they have some newer ones, but they're like they have some re- they're retro too. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, they have like I think they have like a you know like uh a Lord of the Rings one or something like that. But then they still have like real like old classic ones, like some going back to like the seventies, um, which are kind of cool to just kind of play around with too. Oh, you know, shit. if they're if they're still working. But.
0: Cool. All right. Yeah.
1: And then, I, of course, then I, I came across, just so everyone go, knows, uh, there is an ipdb.org out there. Which is the. Uh, hang on, I gotta figure IPBD? out how this. It's the, the ipdb.org, the Internet Pinball, pinball Database. Database? yes and that that is again it's where i got lost and this is actually the star trek game is actually ranked number three like all time huh. uh on their list what was one uh twilight zone
0: oh nice yeah
1: which i i have played it's an awesome game i think and adam's family is also up there too
0: all right, well Yeah,
1: it, it it feels like like franchising out pinball machines doesn't feel like it's something that they, they wasted. They really took advantage of those licenses.
0: Well, good. I mean, usually you saw like like I'm I'll, I'll bring up the Congo pinball machine as something that took advantage of a license. <laughs> okay. Like like I mean, they're probably like usually in a movie that sucks there's so much action scenes, like you could probably make something cool with pinball. So, that I get that. That makes sense to me.
1: And it's it's an ebb and flow of a demand, and there's like that niche demand that's still there, but it would just be the locations aren't there. You know, I, I know. it would be cool. I would just love to see more. Just you walk around, and some reason there's just a pinball machine, like at a different location, and you don't get rid of the coin slot, and just put like credit, an Apple pay card yeah, an Apple pay, yeah. credit card thing on yeah. it, and just boop, you know, yeah. swipe your phone, and and you play around. Yeah. Um, And I guarantee just by doing that, you're going to draw people in.
0: I'm sure someone's already doing it. I'm not that smart. smart.
1: Yeah, I know someone's doing it.
0: All right, uh, you ready to move on? Yep. All right, here is my last... Ah, uh, the sights and sounds of the Simpsons arcade game. So, this was released in 1991 by Konami. They already put out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was a huge hit for them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think they put out X-Men at this point already. And Simpsons was their next huge hit. This was the second Simpsons video game after the Nintendo hit Bart versus the Space Mutants.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This allows you to play four players. Maggie gets kidnapped in the beginning from uh, Smithers robbing a diamond and Maggie's, you know, and Homer Bart. Marge and Lisa are trying to save her. Uh, and it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up for four players. Uh, beat-em-ups in arcades, are there's nothing more fun because you get all your buddies, you get those four-player, four-bangers, in the in the case of X-Men, the eight-bangers or the six-bangers, and you just you know you have fun. If there's someone else playing, you join in and you get in on the fun. You know you leave, you come back later. Uh, in my mind, there's no better format for an arcade game than to beat 'em up. And mm-hmm. uh, The Simpsons was one of my favorite, unique. It was there was funny gags, there was great animation, the sound was amazing, and there was good, good power ups and whatnot. Uh, it was ported to Commodore sixty four and MS DOS by Nova Trade, and um, eventually, I put, think they put it out on iOS and Xbox Live later as like a remake of it, but uh, unless you played the original arcade, it's just not the same. Yeah. It was ranked by Screw Attack as the number one best cartoon-based ga- game of all time. And uh, one of my favorite beat-em-ups, it's right up there with Ninja Turtles and X-Men and, mm-hmm. and for me, The Tick on Super Nintendo. That's my favorite beat-em-ups. And Maximum Carnage.
1: Oh, Max Carnage is awesome. Yeah.
0: Beat em ups are great. You know, they just. It's, it's, it, yeah,
1: there, there's a place for them. Yeah. Like, I, I like a nice, slow, slogging strategy, open world, exploring, action RPG ish kind of game where oh. I can just get lost in it. And sometimes you just want to run around and hit something. Hey, Schmuffin. Hi, Schmuffin.
0: She hasn't been on the show in a while. Oh, no. Uncle Squeezer says hi.
1: Hello. And there's just something you got excited when you walk in and and you see that bright blue big oversized cabinet. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like it felt like you knew someone that was already there. Right. It was a friendly. It's like, yeah. Like, okay. All right, I'm here alone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look around this place for an hour trying to figure out. At least I know there is one game I'm definitely gonna throw a quarter in. The
0: the way I saw it was normally the crowds would be around Ninja Turtles and X Men. So Simpsons was always their best chance of getting in and playing playing a few rounds.
1: Okay. Ours was always, um, mine was right at Jordan Lane.
0: Right, that's where I played Ninja Turtles too, Jordan Lane.
1: Yeah, Ninja Turtles was there and uh, Simpsons was there. You couldn't
0: get on Ninja Turtles at Jordan Lane. Oh, really? Uh, In my experience, no.
1: Oh, well, you'd have to go go at like 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning.
0: (laughs) We go early because... Here's a, oh God, I have a picture to prove it. I was in the CYO Bowling League with my brother. CYO? Yeah, I was a Catholic school, a Catholic youth or, oh, organization. Oh, okay.
1: So you were, oh, you were probably that league that was in there right before mine.
0: <laughs> we were both in a bowling league? Yeah. And now it's funny, like, Enchanter still bowls in a league on Mondays, and I go and have fun and I bowl like a gentleman's ninety. She averages, <laughs> like, 130, so 125, I think. She's really good. Her mom's, like, fantastic. She's bowling, like, some PGA shit. Oh,
1: look at that. Yeah. I think it's PBA.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> PGA would be <laughs> golf. I, I take it you're not a golfer.
1: That would be fun. Put, go bowling, but on a golf course. I was just yeah, referring to... Just Throw le- the ball all 18 holes and see how far you can get it.
0: I was just making a big Lebowski joke. Oh. When he drops the bowling ball, he goes, what the fuck is this? And he goes, I take it, you're not a golfer. <laughs> uh But yeah, I don't have, I left Simpsons uh, at the end because I don't have a lot to say. There wasn't, there. it's like a beat 'em up There's not a lot to say about it, but it's fun, so.
1: I like the, um, when they would have like the, uh, uh, challenges in between. We'd have to like yeah. blow up the balloons. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, and again, I wasn't that good at it. I don't think it was that hard. No. It uh, definitely helped to have extra people. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a very fun Simpsons game, and it really did, like, it uh, it, it feels like you're playing a Simpsons episode. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know? they, they did like a good job with look, that. Yeah.
1: Everything's there. It's fun. It's silly. I, I think, I'm, am I remiss to say, I think it's still, like, the best Simpsons video game. Period. Oh uh,
0: Yeah, okay. I'll take that. You might be right about that.
1: I mean, and that's just my personal take on it. It's my personal... Fa- I will say it's my favorite Simpsons video game. I won't say it's the best.
0: All right, fair enough. I, 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 either
1: way, I, I'll still take shit. I'm because, still
0: um, Bart versus not the not Space Epic. Mutants is my favorite, but that's me. You do you, I do me. I This is a close second. Bart versus the Space Mutants. Are we not talking anymore? All right, <laughs> moving on. Your last pick, squeeze. Let's let's uh, let's get going. Here we go. We're almost done We're on the home stretch. What the hell is
1: this? Oh, seriously? It's possibly the greatest arcade game ever made, and in, in my my top five favorite games of all time, uh, the 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 Taito, uh inspired by Breaking Brick Arkanoid.
0: Okay.
1: You ever play Arkanoid? No. You ever play uh, Breakout?
0: Created by Steve Jobs, mainly Steve Wozniak, but yes.
1: Uh, so it's you are well in this case. You are the Vaz, this escape ship, because your mother... I didn't know there was for the longest time that there was actually a story involved in this. Um, I feel like they kind of tacked it on for no real reason. It's just a fun game. Um, and infuriating at some points. Uh, but the point is to take your little ball and your paddle, and the paddle scrolls back and forth across the bottom of the screen, and you bounce the ball, and you have to break the bricks.
0: This is Breakout. And it...
1: Yeah, but Arkanoid's just... It's a more fun name. And they had some cooler patterns. And you're actually a spaceship. You're the boss. And you have to save the mother mothership from uh, the evil face thing that you fight at the end boss, which I never got to. I can get all the way up to the very last level of bricks and then I die. I never actually ever got that boss.
0: What can and I had
1: I had the NES port too. Um, I didn't have the controller with it because I bought it aftermarket. They actually sold a, a very a special controller, uh, the Arkanoid controller uh, that came with it. It was just a dial because in the arcade, and again, going back to Hershey Park, I get so excited whenever I go back there because they have an Arkanoid machine, uh, an old school one. Is this, it's the, just, is
0: this like the ball, like the ball mouse?
1: Uh, no, it's a dial. Okay. Uh, and it allows you also to control the speed. Of your Voss uh, paddle, yeah, and then you have just a trigger button in case you ever get the gun uh, upgrade or the sticky, uh, you know, sticky upgrade where you, the ball sticks to paddle and you can launch it, you know, when you want. Uh, th- I don't know. This is just up there with like Tetris. It's one of those games where it just—it's uh, very much a skill game, uh, in it like its purest form. And it even has—it even pays tribute to uh, Space Invaders. it's the fifth level there's actually a little space invader alien
0: i saw that Um, in the pictures i looked up yeah
1: made out of bricks you have to bust out
0: so it looked like uh in 1976 breakout was made by steve wozniak and also steve jobs but mainly Mm -hmm. wozniak and um it was then 86 arkanoid gave it new legs with their version of it
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh and they were both imitated heavily <clears throat> all based on pong basically a a breakout was basically a single player pong
1: yeah and again you could see why i loved it because i didn't have anyone to play with <laughs> oh man you're just a sweet boy yeah just looking for love uh no i absolutely i just i adore this game when i hear that music i get excited uh if i see ever see an arkanoid console or a cabinet, I go running for it. And I got on the old, uh, the old NES cartridge, which I'm, I'm, it's funny cause it, it's better with a dial control cause you can control the speed. But after all those years, I'm actually better with just a D pad and is, dealing with, is uh, there
0: an iPhone port? I'm sure there has to be.
1: Uh,
0: I know. Th- yeah. Um, do you have, you should get that.
1: Uh, it, I'd probably suck at it, and then I'd find it frustrating.
0: I uh, wonder how the, sc- the controls are. Yeah, a version of Akrono- a- Arkanoid was released for the iPhone in 2009. A mashup, Arkanoid versus Space Invaders, was released in 2017 for iOS. You should look into it, Squeeze. If there's a free version, get it, and let us know how it is.
1: What are you saying? What? I'll look, I'll look right now. No, I'm saying, e-
0: if it's free, get it and play it, and let us know oh. how it compares.
1: Oh, I, I got you. I thought you were judging me by my cheapness. No,
0: I'm not saying don't pay for a version if it's not going to be good. Get the free
1: one. I do the same thing. Brick bricks quest. That's not it. Four ninety nine. Arkanoid breaker brick. Arkanoid 3D. That's ninety nine cents but wow there's a lot of these hmm. all right yeah there's a bunch of them i'll try some of the free ones <laughs> see that's
0: you say that with such Richard squeezer i was just saying don't buy one until you no, know it's good I'm, I'm
1: saying that myself no i'm not gonna give some developer my money <laughs> right. when i think they worked for it
0: no one's paying us for this podcast so you know we shouldn't be passing along the pay for us, right
1: no no they they pay us in love
0: Right, but I'm saying like we, we give need. it out there for free, so we expect video games and free for free in return, right?
1: Yeah, just like television's free. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. It's it's a it's a. I would I don't know how I, I would ever charge for the show. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I know a lot of people are going to Patreon Squeezer. I just feel weird about it. Yeah, it's not something we're gonna do, people. So do not worry about it. The show will always be free. And I'm not promising it'll be ad-free, but I could pretty much guarantee it will be.
1: Yeah, yeah, because people would have to be like, hey, that's something I want to put my name on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's count the times these idiots can't say anthropomorphized, and see if we want to see if they could pronounce Blue Apron.
1: Shit, did you just do a read?
0: I was trying to subtly put it in there without you knowing we sold out already squeezer
1: oh sweet i hey, i'm all about selling out oh, yeah. i am i'm a, i'm as much a limp biscuit fan as anyone else
0: <laughs> well let's keep rolling 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 uh that was a fun episode it was fun to look this stuff up and get back into the arcade um arcade days
1: yeah, and I, I suggest everyone else does too. I had a lot of fun just going back and
0: yeah. There's tons of cool stuff on YouTube. There's people who go over the cabinets. There's people who go over the gameplay. There's a little bit of everything. So after you're done listening to this, go delve in yourself and hit us up. Uh,
1: hit us and up. If you can come across, sorry, if you come across the TNT Amusements guy, he used to have an. He would have an infomercial on, uh, on locally here too, but he's also on YouTube.
0: Yeah, check I think him they're out. out of Philly, yeah, it, yeah, great. He is in Philly. He's got a huge warehouse in Philly. Um, also, uh, if you if you remember any arcade games that we forgot, let us know. I'm RK at radiers.com. He's Squeezer at radiers.com. We got emails. We will check them sometime this year. Um, also, I check
1: it every day. Do you? It's not hard. I fuck. I
0: haven't checked mine in like a month.
1: Hang on. I'll tell you let's see squeezer yep the august 5th squeezer sucks that's the last (laughs) one I got
0: (laughs) Uh, that definitely wasn't me because I think you're a sweet boy and I love you Uh, oh thanks but uh, also if you like the show rate and review us it's the easiest way to show us love without paying any money because we don't want your money we want your love uh, and until next week, I'll be in Europe, but there'll still be a show and chances and I will be uh, drinking liters and liters of German beer at Oktoberfest and I'll report back. But, uh, we'll have a show for you that we're going to record. And until then I'm RK,
1: I'm squeezer. You
0: yeah, have a good one.